0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit
1: www.podcastdetroit.com for more information.
0: Hi, welcome to Comeback City where we explore Detroit's past, present, and future. Today, we are talking about Shinola, and we are so excited about it. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Spectacular Strolls. Spectacular Strolls offers 15 historic walks in Detroit. Each walk is a self-guided 20-minute tour. Visit SpectacularStrolls.com to order your next Detroit history adventure. I'm Linda Shepard, and with me today is my co-host, Ed Brohard. Hey, Ed, how you doing? Hi, Linda. So, um, yeah,
1: Shinola. Shinola.
0: Eagerly anticipated hotel, recently opened.
1: Yeah, we've been very excited uh, following that, that uh, grand opening date, and it finally arrived.
0: I, you know, I think maybe six months ago or a year ago... I was in Detroit, and, um, you know, I saw the sign go up and the artist rendering of mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. and I just thought, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, If this happens, this will be so
1: beautiful. And now it's happened. It's happened, and... As we're going to talk about, it really is beautiful.
0: It is very beautiful.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been. I, I followed it as soon as I started her, hearing about it on Cranes Monthly and Curb Detroit and some of the, uh, you know, the sites that talk about Detroit renovations and new businesses and you know, and it was just a very exciting thing. Oh, and kind of unexpected because just as I had my head wrapped around the idea of this this new company shinola making watches and then leather goods bicycles suddenly bicycles and suddenly they're in the hotel business pretty pretty cool and strange <laughs>
0: but you know there's something about that shinola brand that carries with it just you know this cachet of elegance and class and you just knew this was going to be something special
1: yeah it really is and uh as we'll talk about, it's a really interesting um marketing dynamic I it mean, is
0: very interesting it
1: is and and really because of the the founder Tom Kartsokas, uh you know it's really his 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 you know brainchild and and uh he he just glommed on to a brilliant idea
0: yeah and in a Unusual location, Detroit. I yeah. mean, it's not like, you know, this is his hometown or anything like that. And then also, you know, we're going to talk a little <clears throat> bit about the actual building that the hotel is in, right. because it has a huge, important history of its own.
1: It does. And
0: we're going to talk about that. So, so let's start by talking about, um, Kartsotis. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's the, he's the man behind it.
1: He really is. And he's, uh, I, I'd love to meet him. He, he sounds like kind of an interesting character, although I think he's kind of elusive. I think People so People that too. have interviewed him, he wants to really kind of stay in the background. He
0: definitely he's does. He's brilliant
1: at promoting, but it's not so much self-promoting. No.
0: He doesn't want his yeah. face or his no. voice or no. his picture in the paper. No, I mean,
1: in fact, um. When Inc. Magazine did a series of interviews with him, he was like, you're not going to take my picture now, are you? Are you? Because he's got a Plano, Texas drawl. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and finally he allowed one very self-conscious uh, <laughs> photograph to be used with him. Right. Awkwardly high-fiving one of his workers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, it's... Really interesting. Well, but, did you have you have you look, have you kind of delved into his background a little
0: bit? Yeah, um, he came from you know fossil.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, he he started out that this is watch a,
0: company. Yeah, that d- you, my teenage sons loved their watches yeah. back. You know, in the nineties. Yeah,
1: and that took off like a house of fire. You know, it was back in the eighties um, and nineties. He built this this fossil brand. And it wound up being a $3 billion business.
0: And he's from
1: Texas. Plano, Texas, suburb.
0: You know, he's not a Detroiter.
1: No, not at all. But
0: he's so important to Detroit.
1: Yeah, he had no real connection with Detroit, except that as the CEO of Fossil, he had made a couple stops. But, you know, didn't really have much in the background. But uh, he, you know, he, he... Well, he started out – do you know how he got his seed money to start any business at all? No. He became a ticket scalper. Really? And he made enough money scalping tickets
0: to
1: actually begin this company. And he had this idea that he was really interested in the fact that, you know, you could get – you could make cheap – nobody was making watches in the country anymore – uh, or accessories, everything was overseas. So he made connections in the uh, Far East, in Asia, and he began to import these things yeah. and set up his company, but it was all Asian made. But along the way, he said, What well, my real dream is, <laughs> is to kind of learn this business and, you know, bring it back to the US. Right. You know, maybe that's kind of a Texas thing, you know. Hey, you know, we we should be doing this ourselves, not outsourcing it. So he he made his fortune outsourcing this stuff but then marketing it here. and But he developed this really cool brand, this Fossil brand, which, you know, kind of played up on sort of a a mid-century. The whole look was to look like it was something that would be in Life or Look magazine in right. the early fifties,
0: kind of an, you know, mid-century modern, yeah, type very much, and, and really
1: that's what they did. They had their little metal cases for everything, you know, and it just and they had were very a, popular, yeah, and it just had a cool look, and the price point was pretty good, right? Uh, but he was able to make a fortune off it.
0: So, all of a sudden, he got this idea about. <clears throat> Going into a little bit of a higher quality, Mm -hmm. well, actually a lot higher quality product. And the idea of Detroit.
1: Yeah. Well, do you know how that came about? No. He took his family. He had this obsession from the time he was a kid with the Flintstones. Oh. (laughs) And in fact. and
0: that is the problem because. He is Bedrock, right? Which He's, is also yeah. Dan Gilbert is Bedrock. And yeah. this is really confusing for a it lot of people, including I
1: me. I don't think there was a connection. But, no, I mean, it's, but they're it's the same of, name. Yeah, it's the same name. Well, what happened was he took his family. He was already you know, a, a millionaire from Fossil. But back in 2000 and I want to say 10, maybe a little earlier than that, he took his family on a vacation to this place in Arizona that's called uh, Bedrock City. And it's a um, kind of a, uh, a has been, um, very strange Flint, Flintstones theme park. Oh, really? <laughs> And so, and because he loved Where everything. Where Fred worked out yeah, down worked for, in the, yeah, you know, right, right. like little,
0: you know, gravel pit.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so he took his family there and they were doing pictures and all of that. And uh, for a while, he even had, if you went to his like bio or something, he had a picture of Fred Flintstone. He was a huge Fred him. Flintstone. Yeah, thing. he really was. And so, um, He got this idea that wouldn't it be cool to market – turn this into a a really big theme park and sort of market it. And then because he had this streak where he really wanted to help kind of local people, he was going to turn over the proceeds or a portion of them to uh, local Indian tribes the Navajo. But then there was someone there that said, well, you know, if you really want to do – some marketing thing and produce things here in the country, this country, rather than importing them. The place you could probably do a whole lot of good is a place like Detroit. Which Just if you thrown think, out if you think, you know, the beginning of the uh, of the twenty first century. No we worse were on the spot. <laughs> we were on the ropes. I mean we yes. were the butt of everybody's joke. It was Absolutely. like you know. So um it was like, yeah, if you, if you want to help Americans, this is the place you really should do it. And you know what? This light bulb clicked off in his head. And he said, yeah, I should go to Detroit. And you know what?
0: Don't you understand that? I mean, we are Detroiters. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're suburbanites. But mm-hmm. we have, you know, lived in this city, you know, outside this city for our entire lives. And we've seen everything. You know, we've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and a lot of the ugly. A lot of the I ugly. I mean, I remember when the T-shirts were saying Detroit, where the weak are killed and eaten. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it was, right. you know, I mean, it was famous for ruin
1: porn. Ruin porn. Worldwide murders. famous. Yes. Um.
0: So, you know, I can see where he would think, yeah, you want to do someplace some good? Detroit. Right. Detroit could use some help.
1: They That could poor, use some sad help. city. And yet, he also recognized, and we've known this all along, that at the bottom of all this urban decay and, you know, ruined um, porn, ruined porn and failed things was this base of brilliant manufacturing, technology, a sense of innovation, because a lot of that never left. Right. You know? <laughs> and not to and, mention
0: an enormous amount of beautiful historic buildings. Yeah. yeah. That all, all they needed was a little, you know, shit and shinola here. That's
1: right. Shit and shinola. And, um, and you know, it was kind of genius. He bought the name shinola. Because, because of
0: shit and shinola. Yeah,
1: shit and shinola. It was a defunct, now defunct. You know, American brand. It started in shoe polish uh, uh, in 1911 in Rochester, New York, and it was a, a major shoe polish uh, company, and and that became a buzz phrase with GIs um, during World War II. You know, no. you don't know shit from Shinola. You don't know, Sid. and uh, right, and so it was in. It, it was kind of in. It was almost like this earworm that people all knew about. So, you know, it automatically had recognition, but it also connected with this time where it was more of a heyday of Detroit. Right. You know, huge manufacturing. Right. You know, the GIs came pouring back to – and and the uh, – back to the car companies. Yeah. And, uh, In a retro cachet. Yeah. Retro cachet. Yeah, absolutely. With absolutely. It.
0: Yeah. So – It was a genius idea, and at this point, I think we would agree, he was a
1: visionary. Visionary, yeah, yeah. And, of course, he's not satisfied with just, um, you know, leaving things, doing one thing. You know, he really is an entrepreneur, and he's, you know, really kind of always chasing a dream. Right. And, you know... He you know, it it he said it wouldn't make sense to come with the big new idea and go to a place like New York or San Francisco. They've got tons of big new it's ideas. It's too easy. It's it's too easy. And and you're nothing special. No. But here he can come here oh my gosh. with his big new idea. And do you
0: remember when the first Shinola store opened in midtown? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It was you know, I remember hearing <clears throat> about it and thinking, wow. You know, what a strange idea, because we're used to thinking of that area of Detroit as the Cask Corridor, mm-hmm. a dangerous area for many years, and um, not the place that you would think of putting a fancy high-end watch, bicycle, and leather goods store. That's right. Absolutely yeah. not the place. Right. And I remember going to it when it first opened and going inside and thinking, this is something so different. This is something that you would see in New York City, in Soho or something. Mm -hmm. Right. Almost like a little gallery.
1: Right. But look where he looked. I mean, he he moved his stuff into the Argonaut building. That was GM's – that was GM's – you know, Tech Lab. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That, was, that
1: I mean, that had a real history of, of innovation and stuff, and uh, so yeah, that so, was where all this location. came to fruition. And um, and he really did follow through on making it. You know, he said, "Look, by doing this, you can really help a lot of local people. People were out of work." The, you know, the whole economy was tanked, but as always happens uh, in, in America, if if something bad happens in the U.S., it happens worse in Detroit because it's so reliant on, you know, manufacturing and, and old-school manufacturing. Yes. And so, you know, there was just tons of people out of work, um, people just scraping by or not at all. And he gave, you know— he offered them jobs at more than they could get anywhere else or just jobs. Right. You know? In fact, um, like one of his supervisors um, had been a person that the only job she could find was like cleaning bathrooms. And so he took her on and, you know, she kind of learned the business and she became a supervisor. That's great. Know?
0: so so, the watch <coughs> factory that he has is in yeah that former automotive research lab mm-hmm. and um all the uh watches are assembled right there, I right. mean, I think that they are manufactured in other locations, but the assembly is in detroit right by locals
1: right well the the he imports the Swiss works. Okay, and then he imports the dials from um a a company in in Southeast Asia, but it's all put together here. the look is created here yeah and uh and it's interesting because you can go down and see it and uh as far as the watch things, if you go on a tour there, you have to put on like Gowns, almost like a hazmat suit, <laughs> because they don't want any contamination of these, you know, highly sensitive parts.
0: Yeah. So they've got 30,000 square feet mm-hmm. uh, in their factory and company headquarters. And um, currently they finish the assembly of 500,000 watches a year. And since the company's founding in 2011, it's grown to over 400 people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great. I think yeah. those watches are absolutely gorgeous.
1: I bought one for my wife, Yvonne, three years ago, and uh, she just loves it.
0: You know, and going to the store is really a lovely experience also. I mean, not only are the watches beautifully displayed, their leather goods are – they're just so pretty and so nice. And I have this amazing opinion of their Bicycles. You know, they make these bicycles that to me are so beautiful.
1: They are beautiful.
0: I mean, they are works of art. I've right. never seen anything like this. It's kind of an old fashioned style. I mean, I don't know very much about bicycles, but to me, it looks like kind of an old retro Pee Wee Herman type bicycle <laughs> or something, but so beautifully put together and the colors. I mean, I would be afraid to ride one of these bicycles.
1: Yeah. It's um, they they really are cool. I mean, I don't ride bikes anymore because I fall off them. But uh, um, yeah, they they have uh, uh, there's a simplicity of design. You know, very elegant. Yeah, it's almost like in in relief. It's almost like a profile. You know, uh, like a work of art.
0: It is a work of art, and that you know you're right. You know what I love more than anything is is a design that is simple and elegant. And Shinola mm-hmm. totally fits right into that. I mean, you know, it's got retro cachet, but it's also got, right
1: you know, Now, I mean, we have to recognize that the brilliance of Katsokas and of Shinola is that this – it he's created the idea that it's retro, it's old school, that it comes from this base of history – but it really doesn't. I mean, it's
0: yeah. It, it's he just all, made this he, all just, up.
1: he made it up, and he they did folk. He, he's so smart. They did focus groups where they took um, they they asked people if, um, like for instance, on on something like a, a a pen, a fountain pen, would they be willing to buy a made in America fountain pen. Uh, Or uh, a ballpoint pen for ten dollars, or would they be willing to spend fifteen dollars for a made in Detroit pen? And overwhelmingly, people were willing to spend more money for made in Detroit.
0: That is so funny. Yeah.
1: In other words, there was an idea that you know Americans love comeback stories. That's what our whole podcast is about. Our whole podcast, Comeback City. They they love it and. People really, even with all the jokes and the, you know, on the late night comics and everything about Detroit for all those years, there was a sense that, darn, if they, if Detroit could get it together, we'd support them a hundred percent. Yeah, because this would be the ultimate comeback story. It is
0: the ultimate comeback story. If you are reading any kind of a national magazine anywhere in the United States on an airplane or whatever, if you mm-hmm. see the word comeback, you know. Who they're talking about.
1: And you know what? Internationally, people love references to Detroit. Yeah. They do. They love it. I know. They love Motown. They love de- the Detroit cars. They love the idea of the Detroit Great. But we've gotten a and, lot of
0: attention yeah. from being in such bad shape. Right. right. And talk about bad shape. I mean – Really, for him to, for Catullus to put this, you know, beautiful, beautiful store where he did on, it's on Canfield, isn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. Down in what we call now Midtown, Midtown, which is very close to Wayne State University. Right. It's kind of between Wayne State University and the downtown area. <clears throat> that was, you know, I hate to say it, but just, you know, a very high crime, uh, slightly frightening area, that whole cast corridor. Sure. And drug, there was really nothing drug, there. Drug
1: addicts, ladies of the evening. Right. I mean, there was there were people there and there was a culture there and there was some still some some vestiges of great architecture. Well, that's You know. That's true it of was a every neighbor-
0: neighborhood in yeah, Detroit. It
1: was a it, it, it was a neighborhood, but I mean, it it had lots of problems, you know. It really did. A lot of poverty.
0: And you know, when he you know, opened his store there, um, You know, it was right next to Traffic Jam, which is, you know, kind of a famous restaurant. Mm-hmm. And that's been there forever. And that's, you know, kind of a cute little, you know, pubby type restaurant. It's right. been great. But other than that, and then I think there's another nicer restaurant, Mario's, right around the corner. Other than that, the whole area was just kind of, you know, urban blight, actually. You mm-hmm. know, it was just really kind of deserted. But now, if you go over there, you've got... Cute gift shops across the street. Mm-hmm. Um you've got that great uh Jolly pumpkin um, restaurant. Uh, sure. Hop- right next Hopcat, to it.
1: Um, has come down the yeah, there is the corner. so yeah.
0: much. I mean Midtown is a hugely right uh you know, expanding, growing area and, and
1: Shinola was a lot of the uh, He was jump, the beginning. was the jump start for it a lot of really, this really truly yeah.
0: was. Yeah, you because, have to give him credit. Yeah
1: and and you know He was willing to put his, you know, he was a billionaire, but he was willing to put a whole lot of money into promoting this. I I mean, mean, full page ads in the New York Times, Wow, you know, and slick ads in in all the, you know, the high end magazines.
0: Yeah. I mean, Um, I would never in my life think about going to Midtown to go shopping, Right. you know, say 10 years ago.
1: Right. Um, opening boutiques in London and Paris right. and Hong Kong and, you know, and all of them touting Made in Detroit. Isn't that
0: funny? You know? That is just people And people
1: flocking to that and saying, well, oh, yeah, I got a Made in Detroit watch.
0: He really turned that whole idea of Detroit completely right. around.
1: And now, of course, he's branched out and he's gone into audio and, uh, down on Selden, there's an old building. They call it the Creamery, Creamery, cause that's what it was for the past 120 years. And, but it was defunct and in kind of derelict shape. And that's where they're making their high end turntables. That's... And he's hired like these top people in the field from the record industry. He had connections with Jack White, White. and his third man records, right. which is like right next door to the, uh, you know, his his midtown uh, location. And um so they're putting out these gorgeous, gorgeous to look at and I guess really nice acoustically to listen to, um, high end turntables. Talk about retro. Yeah. And guess what? Little crossover here. He's got them in his best rooms at the Shinola.
0: Yeah, at the hotel. Yeah.
1: You get them in the the high the higher end rooms.
0: Yeah. So let's move over to Woodward Avenue.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh where just within the past week, we're recording this the beginning mm. of 2019, mm-hmm. the Shinola Hotel, his very first hotel has opened in a historic building that That's has right. been meticulously restored. Yes. And You've done some research on this building, and I was <clears throat> shocked to find out who the architect was. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that,
1: Ed? Well, the building was – was um, it was built in 1915, and um, Detroit, of course, as we've mentioned in a, in a number of podcasts, this was the time where Detroit was taking off.
0: The, the auto
1: industry. I mean, you know, when it first started, they were making maybe like a couple thousand cars. By by 1915, it was in the millions. And, of course, by the end of the 20s, it was multi, multi, multi millions. Henry Ford you know. and
0: his $5 a day factory right. wage.
1: Right, right. And, of course, the population was doubling, quadrupling, you know. Everyone tenfold. was coming to Detroit. Everyone was coming to Detroit. It was, you They know. were
0: coming to work in the factories and mm-hmm. buy a car.
1: And buy a car, yeah. So business was good. It was the place to be. I mean, that was true of my family. They all came from out east here. My family, <laughs> too. They came yeah. from Alpena. Yeah.
0: Where they had a farm <clears throat> way up north in Michigan.
1: Right. So, um, yeah, so... The downtown was was developing, of course, and um, they built a uh, um, seven-story building um, for a high-end hardware store. Now, we think of hardware store and we think of, like, you know, Ace Hardware or something, but this was, you know, it it was a multi-storied building that provided... Um, all kinds of hardware and home furnishings, and you know everything. And um, it was called Rail, R A Y L. And so um, the architects that uh, built this—I don't remember the company's name—but they, uh, a friend of the of the architect of record, was. Somebody we've talked about many times, Wirt Roland,
0: our favorite architect, our favorite
1: architect. And the more I find out about worth the more I realize that he is really the seminal architect of Detroit, because even all the wonderful things that were done by um, uh, know, Kahn. people like Albert Kahn, um, they were really Wirt's design. Really, you know, I mean, because he was the he was the head. The head of the design team. They well, were his idea.
0: They were. His and idea. I
1: mean, Albert Kahn even said, "I mean, Albert Kahn was making. He made the Fisher Building, and of course, he was making huge um, factories, factories like the Packard Plant. But you know, for for these gorgeous buildings, he just turned it over to Wirt Roland and his team.
0: And you know, our most <clears throat> favorite example of Roland is. The Guardian The Guardian
1: building. building, of course. It's the Crown Jewel.
0: It is the Crown Jewel. Yeah. And, and we did a whole episode on the Guardian mm-hmm. Building. Yeah. And still to this day, it is still shockingly beautiful.
1: It is. It is. And, uh, and so influential, too, um, in, in, in the whole Art Deco movement in the 20s and 30s. Yeah. I mean, even all the way down to South Beach in Miami, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. that's that's all flowing from Wirt Roland Designs. So anyway, he he, this was an early design. This of his. rail building. This rail building, and even back then, uh, he was very interested in uh, kind of, you know, stretching the envelope and uh, adding color, and of course, we see that at its right. height in the Guardian building. Yes. But, you know, unlike most buildings that were done then, he did it in red terracotta yeah. tiles. Right. Yeah. Like the brickwork. The brickwork. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. You know? I mean,
0: because we're used to seeing cement and limestone, and but the brickwork right. on both the buildings is
1: similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and these are, are terracotta. They're like square tiles. And um, they, they have a kind of a little design in them, and um, it had a, a really large cornice up on the top. And so, it, you know, he did, it, he did it as a favor for this friend with, who worked for another company. And Wirt Roland was not a great self-promoter. He was willing to just kind of be in the background and run his team and make these beautiful things. So it, at the time, his name wasn't even on it. But now people realize that it was really his design. And he used the whole new uh, poured reinforced concrete that had been developed by Albert Kahn and his brother uh, to build this because it was they were putting heavy things in there, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a work rolling design.
0: Well, like I said, we've been watching this building, <coughs> the progress that has been going on for the past year on it. Um, you know, its location on Woodward Avenue is right across the street. Uh, is it Grand River that mm. it's Woodward and Grand River? It's right across the street from where the original Hudson's, Hudson's department was, store yeah. was, which is also going undergoing renovation. I mean, that. That building was imploded. I say by mistake. It never should have been. But now, because the
1: building itself was gorgeous, it and was it was historical, absolutely and, amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And but now, uh, Dan Gilbert, you know, our other you know Detroit visionary, who has bought up so many buildings in Detroit, is planning a new building on that site that will be the tallest building in Detroit. Right. So So, um, Shinola is right next door to it.
1: Yeah, it's got a bird's eye view. And one of the the really neat things about the Shinola Hotel and the former rail building, uh, and it was obscured kind of for a number of years because like a lot of things, you know, the building went through, after it was rail, it became, uh, down on the first floor was a store. drugstore. That's an old name. And uh, so it was this high-end hardware store. And then it became other things, and for a long time, it was the Meyer uh, Treasure Chest um, uh, Jewelry Company.
0: Right. And I remember when they first started working on it, some of the windows were like little treasure chests. They they
1: had covered over the lower windows uh, because they probably didn't need the light coming in. I mean, these were just little offices, and then of course, in the in the fifties and sixties, they did some terrible things to classic buildings. Yeah, covered over these gorgeous, huge windows, and um, because it was the uh, the Myers Treasure Chest logo, they put little treasure chests in the middle. Looking. Yeah, really crazy. Um, they did at least keep the 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 kind of the red hue, right? Um, but now. Those have all been removed. The original windows have been restored. And, and they're they are magnificent. Beautiful. They're oh, huge.
0: So pretty. Yeah, and
1: up on the, what, seventh floor, they're uh, rounded. Yes. On the top. I mean, these are, these are immense windows. And uh, so they, f- from those rooms inside, they offer magnificent views. Sure, Down Woodward, you know, on the other side, toward looking east. A bird's-eye view
0: of, you know, that new Hudson site construction that's going on. And as far as their location, (laughs) I mean, all of a sudden, that little area of Detroit is, like, all about hotels. Yeah. Because we've got the Metropolitan Hotel, which is just a block away. Right. Both on that side of Woodward. Yeah, the
1: Metropolitan Building was a classic in kind of a – Almost a sort of a neo gothic style. Very interesting. And uh, that's the Element Hotel. Element Hotel.
0: Yes, and it's ready to open, I think, within a month or so. Yeah, right. I stuck my head in when I was down there right. last week and um talked to the workmen and they said yeah, it'll be another month before it opens. And then right across the around the corner is the Siren Hotel. Siren Hotel. So all of a sudden we've Warlitzer got some, building? yeah, in the yeah. Wurlitzer building, I mean all these beautiful, classic buildings are undergoing you know some meticulous restoration.
1: right, right. And um, they're these were these were buildings that, you know <laughs> in in most cities, if Detroit hadn't been so on the ropes, they probably bet it would have been torn down and a new building would have this gone This is out. the
0: advantage we had.
1: It's the advantage of going through the the economic hitting bottom right. because they couldn't even afford to tear them down. They were abandoned. Right. Which and
0: kept them there.
1: They kept them there. And, of course, there was, it up. there was deterioration. I mean, the Wurlitzer had pieces falling off the top, It um, you know, almost I think it might have killed somebody. I don't know. I remember cornices. Yeah, there were cornices falling, and you know, to the sidewalk. And thank goodness, you know, we've had this rebirth, and they've been able to restore these, and they've they've seen the the value in actually doing a restoration rather than you know just starting over. Yeah, just completely redoing it. So, um, yeah, that's. They're they're gorgeous to look at and they look just like they did. I know. You know. Maybe nicer. Yeah, probably <laughs> no, certainly nicer. And yeah. And uh, the Shinola
0: for sure. Yeah. I when it was the upscale hardware store, it never yeah. looked this pretty. No,
1: no. And and what they've done, now you you went down right? Yes. And uh were you able to kind of walk around and see? I walked areas? around
0: I walked around the uh I went inside in uh, the Shinola and hung around the lobby and talked to the security guard a little bit, mm-hmm. um, peeked into the beautiful new restaurant that mm-hmm. is opening. I'm not sure if it's open right now, but it, yeah, momentarily, it is, yes. It is open. Yeah. It is open. Yeah. And uh, the gorgeous staircase that is in the lobby Yeah, and the beautiful artwork, Um a, a large uh, circular mosaic that takes up one wall. It's just stunning looking.
1: The feeling, you, it, it, they're billing it as Detroit's living room. Yes. And that really is very apt because it's got comfy, big, overstuffed and leather furniture, all sort of mid-century modern. The, um, the height of the ceiling, it, and it's not a huge space, not an immense no. space. So you do have the sense of it being very intimate. But there's furniture groupings. Uh, it's got a high ceiling, maybe about a floor and a half, and, of course, big windows looking right out on um, on the street, and uh, a fireplace, and covered with artwork. Absolutely. It's almost like a, kind of a para, uh, a Parisian salon, you know, yes. the art uh so, yeah, gallery where, you know, there's there's uh works of art all in different styles and uh you know different medium covering the walls. Going right up to the ceiling. Yes. You know? And um and then books. Books everywhere. I mean there's coffee table books. And I mean these are not just things where they um They just threw in old books because they're old. These are wonderful art books, Uh, books about Detroit, books about, you know, the art world in general, books of photography, and just really interesting things. So you could just sit down. What a
0: wonderful idea. Yeah,
1: and you can – and, you know, they will – they – there are people coming around taking orders. I, and you can, that's what I noticed small you can have plates are available. or tea or small yes. plates or something and you can just eat them you know you you can just have them right there as you're I think you're I'm going to move in into that room.
0: lobby some afternoon and yeah. just hang out there
1: it's great and um you know if you look at the titles uh, of these books um you know on the wall you know and on the bookshelves and then of course this is this wonderful stairway with a great art deco balustrade going yes. up to this Little, uh, this medium sized library, and it's on the second floor, and it's kind of a self contained thing, and it's got sitting areas and just tons of books.
0: I'm definitely beautiful books into that, to look Bobby. at,
1: to, re- to actually yes. read. The titles are excellent. You know, I mean, they're just, you know, provocative and interesting and colorful, and uh, original art and architecture everywhere. I mean, they use the term, and this is really overused, but I think it's very apt here. They say it's curated. Well, it is curated. Nothing is by happenstance. They have actually put together a collection.
0: Like a composition. A
1: composition of the most interesting things that are all hands-on that you can look at, read, listen to. And anyone
0: can just go in <clears throat> hang out, yeah, in this spacious yet cozy, yet beautiful
1: mm-hmm.
0: place.
1: Yeah, if you go and uh, you know, I walked. Around, I always like to walk around a new space and see. Oh, what do the restrooms look like? What do the little back stairways right. look like? None of these. I mean, these are all works of art. You know, every stairway has this beautiful retro look with the most high-end materials.
0: Living up to the Shinola
1: yeah, brand. And that was the best of the mid-century modern, using really top materials, you know, and wood and, uh, you know, like polished metal, um, interesting chandeliers uh, made of uh, vertical neon lights, you know, with a, a kind of a metal superstructure suspending it.
0: Really it's, a lot of attention to, oh, to oh detail. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And it's not all even open yet. No. Of course. There will be more things opening, but then uh they've they've also got one of their uh Shinola stores. Right. Connected to it. Connected in the to building. it in the building and also from Woodward Avenue. And then the uh the high end Women's store, um, Madewell. Right. Has opened there. So all
0: of a sudden we've got more shopping on Woodward, (coughs) which we are so happy and surprised Mm -hmm. to see. Right. And I have to say one thing that really struck me about the hotel, too. Um, You know, during the construction, it seemed like that whole block was just blocked off by. You know, uh, fencing, and you couldn't really get anywhere near the building. Well, that is because they have replaced all of the sidewalks in front of. It's a series of little buildings that you mm-hmm. know kind of are combined to create this whole well, Chinatown. They've, they've experience. taken
1: over the, almost the whole block. I mean, they the original the, the two main buildings that were uh, preserved and um, where they were the old rail building right. and. Um, That's the main part of the hotel you see. But the hotel on the upper floors extends well down beyond that because it's taken over the upper floors of other buildings. For instance, the Singer sewing machine, which was also a classic design, was next door. And uh, that's been preserved. But the upper floors are just extensions of the Shinola Hotel. And uh, then – what and what that that has done is it's allowed them to uh instead of just being a big monolith building of having the the sense that it's made up of a number of different buildings uh with setbacks with terraces built in which are private terraces for some of the rooms wonderful you know it's pretty amazing
0: yeah <clears throat> and that sidewalk i have to say i don't get Too excited about sidewalks, but that sidewalk is absolutely gorgeous. It is so spacious and beautiful. By narrowing
1: Woodward Avenue and not just relying on it as a place for cars, but rather as a place for pedestrians, they've created like a Parisian boulevard.
0: Yeah, like a little plaza almost. Big,
1: wide you know, with interesting brickwork and stuff. Lovely. And plantings. Um, you I'm know. anxious
0: to see what they're going to put out there this summer.
1: Yeah.
0: It'll be very beautiful, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, because that that's, in the last couple of years, that's been a brilliant thing. They've had a design company come in and uh, realize that if you want to get people down there, you have to give them things to do and things to see and places to sit.
0: I did notice and, that uh, last summer. It was yeah. so strange. Just walking down Woodward yeah. Avenue, I would say... Giant chess sets,
1: giant chess sets, and G- giant, giant Jenga, Jengas. which is my
0: favorite <laughs> yeah. game. Giant Jenga—that's the blocks that you stack that's up, right.
1: and right on the street, right, and gliders and swings to sit um, on. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's just really pretty amazing.
0: It totally is. And, you know, I don't, you know, I haven't been to Chicago or New York maybe for maybe two or three years or something like that, but this is really amazing. And I don't think I've seen this in other cities. I mean, everything they're doing in Detroit for this comeback just seems to be first class and original mm-hmm. and high quality and fun
1: and beautiful. Yeah. Well, just like what they did, they've done for the holiday season, you know, down oh. in Cadillac Square with their, uh, they're, they're little glass um, huts, they're little greenhouses that are all entrepreneurial businesses. And pop-ups. you know, those
0: were first class too. I went down um, right after Thanksgiving uh, to the uh, Capitol Park area of that, I think they call it Winter Market. Right downtown and um i went to the chocolate store there i think it's called gilt chocolate and i have to say these are the most beautiful hand-painted chocolates (laughs) i have ever seen in my life and they were expensive but you know i bought some for christmas presents and they they're very special and that's the kind of quality that you can expect from these little you know shops i mean you know, we've like the Chris Kringle Market, you know, out in the suburbs, and it's just kind of little handmade soaps and things like that. No, this is not the winter market in Detroit. You're going to go first class, first class, for every yeah. single thing.
1: Yeah, but it's but it's appealing to a lot of people. I drove down just, there just
0: for the chocolate.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and then <coughs> they put in like the Cadillac Lodge, this this big. Um, oh my gosh, that this is so incredible glass covered space. That's a long bar, tons of overstuffed furniture, play pens, things like that, uh, for families and just tons of games and giant things jenga. To, giant jenga. <laughs> just yeah, things Scrabble. to things to play. I mean And beer. Yeah, my son and I went down um, last weekend and I bought we, we had Irish coffee and sat around and you know, they have big Scrabble games. And, you know, he said, This is really pretty cool, Dad.
0: You know what? I think that, you know, we are such cheerleaders. Here. Yeah,
1: we really are. Right. <laughs> but, you know,
0: it's hard not to be, you know, during our research for this podcast, we are having so much fun discovering not only the old, mm-hmm. the past right. in Detroit, but this exciting, very exciting new comeback that yeah. just is snowballing.
1: Okay, so here's you know, here's the shinola and all those buildings had alleys, right? That yeah. went behind them. They've turned this alley into a work. I noticed of art. that. And they've called it Parker's Alley. Yeah. And you know the story of Parker's no, Alley No, I don't.
0: Tell okay. us Ed.
1: Well Parker's Alley is named for um a a black freedman who actually owned that plot of land. Really. And he bought it for a dollar. And in eight in eighteen oh five, there was a giant fire down. It was the great fire of Detroit. Back when everything was made and out of it wood, It destroyed everything, almost everything. And so because of their location and everything, there was no doubt that they were all gonna they were going to rebuild. But that's when famous Judge Woodward came in oh. and did his street design right. based on Washington, DC. And it had spokes radiating spokes. out and everything. And, uh, and the only thing that really today is, is, remains of that is our classic downtown radiating streets design. Right. That's so interesting. So, anyway. And
0: confusing.
1: Yeah. But they were, they offered land to people um, because it was just all new stuff and they wanted to bring people in and, and to build and to, you know, establish things. And uh, so they had a lottery for anyone on first come, first served for how they would allocate this land. And there was a, a, a black freedman um, living in Detroit named Thomas Parker. And he bought this plot at like 1430 Farmer. So it's just that, that western part of what is now the hotel. For um, a dollar. Wow. Yeah. And so to honor him and the fact that he had it, he wound up selling it, by the way, to uh, John R. Williams, who named the street John R. for himself. Oh, this is. <laughs> and he was a mover and shaker. How we got John down R. There. John yes. R. It was John R. Williams. And he liked to be called John R. And so that's why I named the street John R. That's kind of a crazy you know, name when you like think about it. JD or you know, know on Dallas. So yeah. Anyway, um, he wound up selling it to him for fifteen thousand dollars. So he made a big profit.
0: Back you know. then, yeah. yeah, back
1: then. Uh and but he had kept the land for about, I don't know, twelve fifteen years. And uh so anyway, in honor of this and the um the Detroit Chronicle, the, the um, African-American newspaper that's been in Detroit for years and years and years, had a big write-up on this. You know, they're saying, this is cool. Thank you, Shinola Hotel. And uh, so they've named it Parker's Alley. And it because, looks like,
0: yeah, it looks like it's under development, too.
1: Yeah. Well, it is. And um, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. You walk down it. First of all, they have the two parts of the hotel building um, with like four different connections, almost like a, a covered Italian bridge in Venice, um, that's a walkway from the between the two parts of the buildings. And it's beautiful. So um, that's above you, connecting the buildings. And they brought in a, a design firm that have done first class, super interesting, herring boned uh, bricks, cobblestones for the base of the uh, of the the alley. And then all along it, they've got little businesses that are hoping opening. opening. Um, and one is already opened. It's like um, posies, it looks like it's kind of floral designs, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also going to be um, putting in the Madcap Coffee, which will be Perfect. like a coffee house. Uh, Posey Atelier flowers, okay? Um, and then they're also um, going to be putting in two more restaurants – which will be uh, Penny Reds, which is a takeout chicken.
0: Takeout chicken. I did hear about yeah. that. And that's, that sounds great. That,
1: yeah, looking forward to that. And then in the, the that back part of the building along Farmer is still under development, and that's um, going to be a beer hall called the Brakeman. Perfect. Right. And I think their big banquet facilities is going to be in that kind of annex part along um, on Farmer. So it's really quite a complex
0: you know, this is, this is such a huge development and it sounds like there's so many components to it that are so interesting and so innovative and so mm-hmm. nice. And I noticed that alley leads back to that metropolitan building where the element hotel is down that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole area of the city, which was in such rough shape for so long. Right. Is now a very exciting, uh, beautiful uh, area of restoration and new retail and restaurants. And it sounds like it's going to be a very fun place to go visit.
1: Yeah. I went to the, uh, I went to the, uh, the different reviews that appear online uh, just posted by people. And I mean, it's only been open a couple of weeks, right? So you can't have too many reviews. They're all like five-star. They're all just saying, just such an amazing experience. Because, you know, there's so many options for the rooms. I mean, you can, there's the penthouse. There's, uh, you know, um, rooms that are called like the alcove, uh, alco, the the canfield, the attic. And, you know, some of them go up to like, 1,300 square feet. You know, I mean, they're huge. Wow. And, um, you know, some of them have separate dining areas. Uh, they have these immense windows with great views from uh, from almost every room looking out on the Detroit street scene. Um, they are all curated, quote-unquote, in um, mid-century modern. Every room really look, kind of looks different. Very high-end bathrooms. Many of them have huge soaking tubs and separate showers. Some of them have adjacent private terraces. Oh my gosh! You know they have. They all have Bluetooth speaker systems. You know they have uh, their shinola made. Some of them have their shinola made um, turntables with curated vinyl collections. Oh I don't goodness. know if you can specify or ask for particular styles of music. So, wow, quite an experience! Quite an experience, not cheap. Not cheap. I no. think the rooms uh, go from like 199 to to $1,000 yeah. for probably like the giant penthouse. Yeah, but.
0: for sure. Well, such an exciting new development yeah. in the city. So wonderful. Really, and is. it's been really fun kind of going into the history of Shinola and the area and the building. And um, I've really enjoyed uh, this research that we've done this week. So I think we're about ready to wrap up here. Um, I'd like to once again, give a shout out to Tim Brohard for our great music and to Katie Cunningham Bates for our beautiful logo. And I'd like to thank you all for joining us once again on our journey into Detroit's past, present, and future. And we invite you all to explore the comeback.